The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The terrible towel lives up to its name today as your Buffalo Bills curb stomp the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3 in Orchard Park to go 4-1 today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourself a favor. Go check out the DeLago Resort and Casino and uh, have a drink, make a bet, uh, enjoy some food there. Everything is all good. I'm going to just I'm just going to go out and say this, John. By the way, I'm joined by my co-host, John, for this episode. I'm going to give the DeLago Resort and Casino the, a nickname, and I'm just going to call it the Jewel of Waterloo because it's just like, I mean, I know there's outlets in Waterloo, but uh, they're okay. They're all right. I mean, that just it's it's such a it's such a nice, we, every time we drive past it, like, oh, there's the DeLago. So anyway, I'm just going to call it the Jewel of Waterloo. So now when our listeners know, I won't even have to say the DeLago Resort and Casino. I'll just say the Jewel of Waterloo. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're we're going to discuss the Bills' victory. Well, it's better the... than Third and Cole. <laughs> it's better than Third and Cole. <laughs> I always have the best nicknames: Third and Cole. Um, <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it. But uh, <laughs> the Jewel of Waterloo. I'm there. I'm there. So um, we're going to go over our thoughts on the game, some stats of the game, our sweet sassy molassy plays of the game, and as always, our wall of famers and wall of shamers with some help from our amazing followers on Twitter. So I'd like to welcome my co-host, John, to talk about this huge win over the Pittsburgh Steelers today. I mean, it wasn't even close from the beginning, John. It was just like, I mean, there was that missed field goal, and you're just like, is this going to come back to bite us? And, it, I mean, it was pretty much over from the very beginning, and it was... Uh, it was kind of an enjoyable game to just like this is 
we're so used to and we've been fan for over 20 years so like you know we've lived through the drought era and stuff like that it's so weird to actually see them beat up on teams they should beat up on you know like like this is a team that the Steelers are a team where a rookie quarterback came in it's his it's his first start Kenny Pickett and the Bills are down several starters in the secondary, um, in, in the team in general. Uh, I mean, they were without Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, to name a few. They were without um, Jameson Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, all their slot receivers. Khalil Shakir came in for them. I mean, they were down a lot of players, and you're just like, they're still 14-point favorites. They should still destroy the Steelers, and they did. And it wasn't close from the beginning, and, and uh, it was a pretty sweet win. I mean... It, thoughts on the game from your standpoint is that is that pretty much how you saw it yeah for sure it's it's one of those games in in recent history where even with a couple mishaps early on i was never worried and and there was no reason to be worried uh you know the opening kickoff was muffed a little bit they got at the two yard line but third and ten up up 98 yard touchdown pass touchdown all right (laughs) everything is good with the world again and you know like josh allen with like 300-something passing yards in the first half, right? Like, what's the benchmark? 300 yards for the whole game, right, for for a quarterback, right? Like, how many years through the drought were, like, they would struggle to get, like, 150, 175 yards for the whole game out of their quarterback, right? Like, it's crazy. Like, it's awesome. The Bills are number one, not only in the AFC East right now, but the AFC. Huge game next week against the Chiefs. Like, they, they beat the Ravens last week. Like, oh, it's it's... It's great. Love it. Yeah, it, it's definitely a great time to be a fan. I, I, I was thinking about what you were saying, you know, um, just that that 98-yard touchdown pass just set just set the, the whole scene for the entire game. It just set the tone. That's what I wanted to say. And, um, you know, you said like 300 yards in the first half. I mean, another game where Case Keenum saw most of the fourth quarter hurt. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, what a great benchmark to be a quarterback when you can throw for that many yards and still not play all of the entire game, you know, like, and, you know, benchmarks aside, cause you know, Kenny Pickett at 371 yards or whatever it ended up being, we'll get to stats of the game in a minute, but, but what a difference in those two, two statistics, like, you know, Josh Allen might've had 50 yards more passing than Kenny Pickett on the day, but I mean, there was night and day based on the passing game, based on what you saw. And every time it, it feels like, cause I was watching more football um, tonight, you know, after, after the Bills game and just like, you know, I just appreciate, I watched Matt Stafford play, I watch, you know, I, I just appreciate Josh Allen so much more every time I watch another quarterback play. You know, he's just so good at finding the guys that are open, getting him the ball, and the Bills receivers are just uh, enough can't be said about um obviously Stefan Diggs is an unbelievable wide receiver. Gabriel Davis is making his name for I'd say, you know, I would say going into the season like a top 30 top 40 wide receiver he might be in the in the conversation for like a top 15 top 20 wide receiver after today's game 171 yards uh receiving uh just a lights out game he only caught three passes uh you were talking you mentioned this before the before the broadcast like he what did he average between his his catches it was like 57 yards per catch (laughs) and the three catches he got for and two touchdowns like Khalil Shakir came in um both their starting uh, slot wide receivers uh, out today. Um, we know 
at least it appears that Khalil Shakir would eventually take over as a slot wide receiver in time. He's a rookie right now, but man, he looked good. I, I, I'm just saying, hot take right now, hot take. Khalil Shakir takes over this role, no matter who's healthy, halfway through the season because of how good he looks in general. I mean, he is, he is just, I know the Bills love giving their rookie players time to develop. They don't love shoving them in right away. Like, that's just the way that Sean Mc... And, it, and, it's, and it's worked out, right? Like, I mean, they they like to give him time to acclimate to the NFL. But, I mean, he is a threat on the field. And minus that one drop, he looked good today, John. Yeah, no doubt. And, like, you know, we're, we're ta- talking earlier, Taiwan Jones had that muffed kickoff to start the game, but then they, they pulled him out and put Shakir back there. And he ran it, you know, past the forty yard line on the on the on the one kickoff. So like, he definitely has that speed. You know, he had a good um, couple of nice plays last game. I love it, and I also like James Cook. You know, obviously, what you said with the rookies and everything. And he himself, he had you know the fumble the first game. He had a drop, but um, last week I think. But he's got that playmaking ability also, and I think those two players are going to be huge for Buffalo in the years to come. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad you brought up James Cook too because you saw that speed that the Bills really lack um in the backfield and he just he he just showed a lot of a lot of that flash that we were looking for when he got drafted. So that was really cool to see. Um Bills secondary. I mean, they, they had a lot of a lot of players out. Really only the only starter that they had going was Dean Jackson and even with that like I mean, they were missing obviously you know, Micah Hyde's out for the season. Jordan Poyer was out today. Um, Christian Benford um, out again this week. And, uh, you know, all, all the players, like, making plays. Sure, it was a rookie quarterback. Sure, it wasn't, you know, ideal. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes like it will be next week. But, uh, you know, you're looking at a, a situation where they took advantage of it. Leslie Frazier called up another great game plan um, to, to really just stop the Steelers. And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, thirty-eight to three. I mean, what else can you say about that? Yeah, it's crazy with the the injury they, the injuries they've had on defense and everything. You look at their leading tacklers for today, and you got we got Tyrell Dodson, and then Kyler Elam, and then Hamlin. Then you got Dane Jackson, Turn Johnson, and then Specter, and then Terrell Bernard, Jaquan Johnson, Daquan Jones. Like that's everybody who had two more tackles. There's a lot of names on the list you wouldn't have thought about last year, you know, <laughs> right? Can I can I say something? I I like Tyrell Dotson's game today. I thought I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, is he Tremaine Edmonds? No, but like I thought he looked pretty good back there in that backup role. You never know how it's going to go. You knew that they were going to try to feed Najee Harris if they could, um, and then you know when they got up, they couldn't run the ball at all. They had to keep passing it, and he kept the play in front of him. I thought he had a few good. Uh, uh, tackles he almost had a couple of picks there like he was in the mix a lot um hot take john okay if if tyrell dodson is 70 70 percent of tremaine edmonds do you still trade pay tremaine edmonds like 20 million dollars a year you know next season and going forward because to me I, i i know i've kind of been really hard on tremaine edmonds i like him i just like i always say this every time i talk about tremaine edmonds I like him. I don't love him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I like everyone that the Bills have pretty much committed long-term money to. I really loved. Like, I mean, going back, I'm sure you agree with with me, John, and I'm sure you agree with everything Brandon Bean's done to this. I feel like if they pay him top two or three money, I feel like they're paying him 
I feel like they're overpaying him. And um, I know we're just talking. I know this is like a long-term thing, but I'd be okay with Tyrell Dodson in the short term, <laughs> seeing what we have in him and, you know, going from there and saving that money and giving it to a Gabriel Davis or whatever, you know, as the time comes, because if you have one or the other, man, like I, I, I don't want to lose that guy. So um, is, am I crazy for thinking that? Did you think that at all when you saw Tyrell Dodson play or it didn't even cross your mind? So you like him, but don't like, like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's, so I kind of, I kind of feel like, so like everybody always talks up the Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde tandem, which is phenomenal. But I, I do think there's something to be said about the Milano Edmonds combination. I, and I think that's worked really well for them overall. Um, to your point, the money thing is going to be a, an issue just because they can't, you know, it's hard to have the number one offense, the number one defense, right? Like something's got to give at some point. Um, and if, you know, if you're beefing up the secondary and the defensive line, it's going to be tough to keep a, a linebacker. Um, but I, 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 I do like him a lot. I, I think, um, I think um, there's been moments where it's been easy to criticize uh, for a lot of fans, but overall, I think he's been good for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but it's just something – I guess my point was Tyrell Dotson had a good game today, and that was good to see um, because you didn't really know how he was going to look. Tremaine Edmonds has been so reliable just as a middle linebacker. He hasn't missed that many games uh, really in his career. So, uh, I yeah, I, yeah, I failed to answer your original question about Dotson. <laughs> no, I do like Dotson, <laughs> and, I, and I, like their, I, I, I like their depth overall uh, um, on – and defense, I, I think, I think they're great, and I, I think they're really well coached too, with Leslie Frazier and uh, McDermott and all the positional coaches. I, I think they're great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's go into our stats of the game. Stats of the game. They've done studies, you know. Sixty percent of the time, it works. Every time. That doesn't make sense. So you're telling me there's a chance. All people can come up with statistics to prove anything can't. 40% of all people know that. The stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. On the Bills side of the ball, like we mentioned, Josh Allen, 20 for 31, 424 yards, four touchdowns and one interception that that one interception coming in the end zone against Levi Wallace former Buffalo Bill Levi Wallace um you know just kind of a funny uh, I mean it was in the end zone like they were driving man and uh Levi Wallace just made a heads up play I mean good for him I you know we always like Levi Wallace here um Bill's leading rusher Josh Allen again this week actually tied in Josh Allen five carries for 42 yards um Devin Singletary uh, six carries for 42 yards, seven yards per carry. John, uh, I know the Bills are are like a multifaceted team, right? Like it's it's what's great about this team in general. Um, you know, we mentioned you know how good the defense. You you gave all gave away all those stats about the Bills' uh, defense being able to tackle um, all these players getting in on the ball. Uh, it's not like I guess the Bills aren't like a a Rams and a Cooper Cup situation where like Cooper Cup's getting like, you know, 70% of the targets, right? Or something to that level. Uh, the Bills are, are spreading the ball around a lot. 
um, to the receivers. And then running the ball, like they, they seem to run the ball um, okay when they have to, but I'm glad they're giving the ball to Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, blah, blah, blah. Is it crazy to say that even in even after week five, now I missed the game last week in Baltimore. By the way, um, appreciate everyone that like emailed and tweeted us and was like, hey, where's the, where's the show or whatever. Um, I was out of town um, and was a- unable to watch the game actually. Uh, so I missed it completely. I didn't come back until this past Sunday to watch the uh, Bill Steelers game. But uh, I mean, Devin Singletary needs more touches. Like we're in week five and, and I don't know if they're just holding on to, to you know, they, they're just trying to weaken his workload. So like he has, you know, he's ready for the playoffs where they can hand him the ball 15 times. I don't know, but he's only getting, I mean, he's averaging probably five or six yards per carry at this point in the season. And he looks good. He doesn't have that speed element that James Cook does. We all know that. But I mean, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield, um, he makes guys miss. I I am a really big fan of Devin Singletary. I don't know if they re-sign him after this season, but I like what he's shown so far at the end of last season and going into this season. He needs to get more carries uh, in general this season. Am I crazy? No, Singletary is definitely good. And you, you could see last week, you know, just being a receiving outlet as well. You know, once he gets the ball in his hand, things can happen. He's at average seven yards to carry tonight. Um, Cook averaged seven point eight. Even Zach Moss on his one carry average, he had a seven yard carry. So like they can do it. Um, but they are a passing team also. Uh, so it's it's kind of hard to like. Well, you know, I mean tonight they could do no wrong. <laughs> yeah, and and in most in most of the situations, you know, I'm just look. I'm nitpicking, right? I know I'm nitpicking in this case. Um, but at least Josh's five rushes. I mean, most of them were not design runs. Like he saw an opening and he took it. Would I wish he slid a few more times as opposed to taking some hits? Absolutely. But that's okay. That's that's not the way it went. Um, Josh Allen, like I said, he tied for leading rusher. Uh, he had five carries for 42 yards. Devin Singletary had six carries for 42 yards. Um, James Cook had four carries for 31 yards. Um, and that touchdown, that 24-yard touchdown, um, so like John mentioned, he had 7.8 yards per carry. Zach Moss had 7 yards per carry. I mean, a, a good day overall. When they needed to run the ball, they could. They just didn't have to a, a ton today because they they took advantage. And what's funny is they the, the Steelers have like one of the worst run defenses in the league, and the Bills are still like, we're just going to pass it. We're just going to pass it anyway because that's what we do well, and we just do it better than you do defending it. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. You guys are missing. You're going to have a banged-up secondary, and we're just going to walk all over you. So um, <laughs> leading receiver uh, for the Buffalo Bills, we mentioned this earlier, Gabe Davis, three receptions on six targets, 171 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, wow. So uh, next leading receiver, an- another amazing game. Stephon Diggs, eight receptions on 11 targets, 102 yards, one touchdown. An uh, unbelievable game by Stephon Diggs, too. I mean, you would you would easily give it. I mean, we haven't gotten into Wall of Fame Wall of Shame yet, but I mean, he would probably normally get it if it wasn't for uh, Gabe Davis' stat line. Khalil Shakir, next leading receiver, three receptions on five targets for 75 yards, one touchdown, his first NFL career. Uh, touchdown uh, was great to see from the rookie Isaiah Hodgins. John Isaiah Hodgins stepping up with the uh, the Bills uh, having so many injuries on the wide receiving core. Uh, three receptions on five targets for seventy five yards and a touchdown. Um, I'm no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
four, I just read Khalil Shakir's stat line. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, four receptions on six targets for 41 yards. And then you had Quinton Morris, uh, three receptions on five targets for 39 yards. Had that fumble. Not not a big fan of the hit. So, uh, also we had, let's see, let's look at the defense real quick. I don't do this a ton, but let's do this. Kair Elam had that um, interception. Um, Tyrell Dodson had a sack. We mentioned that earlier. One of the leading tacklers. Um, seven tackles. Uh, four assists. Uh, one sack he had. I forgot he had that sack. Von Miller had a sack. E.J. Epinesa had a sack. Bill's pass rush getting the job done. On the Steelers side of the ball. Kenny Pickett, 35 for 52. 327 yards. Zero touchdowns. One interception. One interception to Kair Elam. We just mentioned backup corner, technically, Kair Elam. Um, which I thought he looked pretty good today as well. Uh, leading rusher for the Steelers was uh, Jalen Warren, five carries for 24 yards. Which crazy is Najee Harris had 11 carries and only 20 yards rushing. The Bills' defense uh, stopping Najee Harris and him only getting 1.8 yards per carry. I thought unbelievable. Great game by the Bills' defense. Let's see. Uh, Steelers' leading receiver uh, George Pickens. Six receptions on eight targets for 83 yards. Deontay Johnson, five receptions on 13 targets for 60 yards. Chase Claypool, and then a bunch of other guys. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, those are stats of the game brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. With a, a couple of more interesting stats, uh, with a 62-yard and 98-yard touchdown catch, uh, Gabriel Davis becomes the third player in team history to record multiple 60-plus-yard Touchdown catches in a single game. The Bills' 35-point win marks the team's largest margin of victory in Bills-Steelers history. Uh, It also marks the Steelers' most decisive loss since 1989 when they lost 51-0 versus the Cleveland Browns. So pretty cool. John, this kind of speaks to us a little bit that uh, as fans, because remember when we had season tickets and we would go to Orchard Park and the Steelers will be playing against the Bills, and there are so many Steelers fans in Buffalo for that game. I think it's just, you know, it's location or whatever. So it was kind of annoying to go to a game when the Steelers were in town. Uh, I think that just makes that win just a little bit sweeter. It's not a, it's not a divisional win by any mean, uh, and it doesn't matter a whole lot. I don't think the Steelers are 1-4 now. They're not a threat um, in the AFC whatsoever at this point, um, you know, for this franchise, but... Uh, this win feels a little bit better because uh, it's kind of stunk being a Bills fan uh, when the Steelers were in town, just hearing them. They were loud. They were loud, and there were a ton of them there. I mean, give them credit for that. But uh, but I, I enjoyed that win a little bit more today just because of that. Do you remember that those those days? Yeah, and that's why I enjoy every one of these wins a little bit more because every one of these teams would crush us in the drought years. <laughs> it didn't, didn't matter who it was. It would be the same thing. Like the Steelers or uh, the Patriots fans would travel and like, yeah, exactly. All these, te- all these, all these diehard fans that like didn't want to pay, you know, Gillette stadium prices would come to Orchard Park because it was so cheap. I remember one of them telling me it was cheaper to get a hotel and st- and get a ticket to uh, Patriots game in Orchard Park than it was to go to Gillette Stadium. <laughs> and yeah. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. After that, we'll go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game and our Wall of Famers and Wall of Shamers. So stick around.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. This is our recap show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm with my co-host, John. Mike couldn't make it this evening. He's traveling for work. And uh, yeah, let's go into our Sweet Sassy Molassie plays of the game. Sweet Sassy Molassie. Get out the checkbook and pay Grandma for the rubdown. Now, John, there were a lot of great plays in this win. I mean, when you win 38-3, to you know there's going to be a lot of them. Uh, what was your Sweet Sassy Molassie play of the game? This is tough, but I'm going I to go with uh, the Gabriel Davis second touchdown where Mika Fitzpatrick had basically taken the ball out of his hands during the catch, but Davis wrestled it back and got the touchdown. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I love that one. I'm so glad you mentioned it. He, like, catches it with one hand, outstretched, brings it in. Minka Fitzpatrick, try, you think he might, in in real time, it looked like a fantastic catch. When you looked at a replay, it looked like Minka Fitzpatrick pretty much had the interception. Like you said, minus, you know, Gabriel Del- Gabriel Davis ripping it away. And Tony Romo called that, like, just perfectly. He just realized, like, I'm the big man. I'm taking that away from you. Uh, and, and it being against Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, former Dolphin Minka Fitzpatrick, that just was so much better. I mean, the 98-yard touchdown was amazing. Don't get me wrong. Like, that was, that was a great play. But that one was just – it was just put the icing on the cake. Uh, I love that play. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was my sweet sassy Molassi play of the game. Gettysburg play of the game – Four score and seven years ago. <laughs> we got to talk about, I mean, was there, was there, the Bills, the Bills never looked back. So, John, would you say that 98-yard touchdown that we did mention, both Gabriel Davis touchdowns being the Sweet Sassy Molassi play of the game and then the 98-yard touchdown being the Gettysburg play of the game? Yeah, it has to be, right? Like, you know, they... Muff the kickoff, like we said before. They got the two, the third and ten already. It's like, oh no, what is this game going to be like? And boom, ninety-eight yard touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that feels so good for the Bills to actually be able to do something like this <laughs> after so many years of us. I feel like you know our listeners would be like, ah, we don't care about how it used to be, but it is relevant. Like some of these feelings are just like, man, like ah, backed up on your. Ah, what a crappy way to start the game. Oh, 98-yard touchdown. Oh, up some nothing. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything's fine. I remember games during the trout, drought years where they would be backed up at their own two-yard line on third and long, 
thinking they should just punt it because if they go for it, the other team could get a touchdown or a safety. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like, well, they have a chance. Yeah, they have a <laughs> they chance. Can, they can get the first down, right? And and not only that, obviously a touchdown. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. They do What they would do is they'd, uh, third and 10, they'd just run a draw play to try to get like two or three yards so they weren't as backed up in their own end zone when they went to punt it. That's all they did. Yeah, and you yeah. still think they'd fumble it, right? Like, <laughs> it's still fumbled. <laughs> oh, man. Good day. I like that as a Gettysburg play the game. Now let's go into uh, the Wall of Fame. Wall of Fame. Um, John, I'll start off with this one. Uh, on my wall of fame, I got to put Josh Allen. Uh, I, we mentioned so many other players. I mean, if we were going to do a, f- a fire emoji rating out of five, I mean, he's he's you know eighteen and a half, right? Like, I mean, the guy just had an unbelievable game. Um, he he shows time and time again, like that he is the real deal. That sometimes you think that this guy's maybe starting to hit his ceiling, and then he does this. You know, again, we're just I and and you know credit to Ken Dorsey, credit to Sean McDermott, um, and the, and the staff for for you know Brandon Bean for building around Josh Allen and getting seeing seeing what they saw in him and then building around him and then continually like getting him players to to pass the ball. I mean, we saw I mean the Bills were on to like their third slot receiver and Khalil Shakir looked like a Pro Bowler today. Uh, I mean that. That's what Josh, you know, part of me, you know, I mentioned Gabriel Davis earlier, like signing him to an extension. I'm just talking in, 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 you know, no uncertain terms. You need to keep giving every single year, give Josh Allen another wide receiver, draft another one, because he elevates the play of every player around him. He elevates Dawson Knox, he elevates Quinn Morris, Reggie Gilliam. All these players have potential, and he just taps into and he maximizes it, I feel. And that's not. I know it's slight hyperbole saying that, but uh, we've never seen anything like this. Like you and I as kids watching Jim Kelly and sure we didn't like have the acumen that we do now. um, People would say like, Oh, is he better than Jim Kelly? I'd be like, Whoa, he hasn't accomplished nearly as much as Jim Kelly has. Uh, So I know it's hyperbolic, but I mean, we're seeing something so special and so good. Um, I feel like the only thing, that can stop Josh Allen is something I don't even want to mention out loud because I'm afraid it might speak into existence. So um, I think that's the only thing that can stop Josh Allen right now. And uh, and so he he easily goes on my wall of fame um, in this game. What about you? I agree. Yeah, Josh Allen. <laughs> that's all. Like, no, like, I mean, like, like I, just look at his first half stats, right? Like, you know, 300-something yards, four touchdowns. He ended up with two receivers over 100 yards. He's a tied for the leading rusher for the bills like yeah he's he's the best like oh and the yeah the comparisons to jim kelly yeah i get that um but i i um it's yeah i agree it's too soon but like you you have that 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 feeling that it's gonna happen like they're gonna get at a minimum a super bowl win right yeah have that that feeling which we haven't felt since since obviously jim kelly (laughs) Yeah, or like the ability to even compete for one, which, yeah, which we're right there, which is kind of crazy, um, knocking on the doorstep. And minus like a, just an insane, crazy Dolphins game, you know, which we, you know, did a recap for a few weeks ago, minus that game, I mean, the Bills are really 
you know, they're they're almost five and zero. Oh, <laughs> you know, at this point, minus that play. So um, they're, they're number one in the AFC right now. Dolphins not looking too good. Teddy Bridgewater went down. Right, yeah. the jet the Jets beat them. Um, yeah, the Jets and the Dolphins are both in the playoffs if it started right now, which is crazy. How, that the, how about that? Because the the they're actually above the Patriots. The Patriots are two and three, right? All right, so I want to give a few honorable mentions. I'm sure John, you want to give some too. Um, the first one I'm going to give, and I'll and I'll hand it back over to you. Is obviously Gabriel Davis, uh, three receptions, you know, 171 yards, uh, just blossoming into an unbelievable wide receiver in his third year. Uh, how can you not like what you see out of Gabriel Davis? I, I mean, he doesn't have the speed, maybe, but I mean, his route running ability, his ability to high point the ball, um, you know, he catches uh, 98 yards. Like I said, he doesn't have the quickest wheels. I think, I think coming out of the draft, like he had a slow 40 time, and but he shows it on the field, and that's why they drafted him. And uh, I want to give an honorable mention to Gabriel Davis, which is an obvious honorable mention. But um, throw it back over to you. Who do you have? Because I know that there's there's a lot to give on this on this win. Yeah, Gabriel Davis for sure. Uh, Leslie Frazier. Uh, yeah, sure they're playing against a rookie quarterback, but you know he didn't look half bad um, at times. And they had all these injuries on defense, right? Like they, you know, Travis White is still out. Mike Hyatt is out. Poirier was out again. Tremaine Edmonds was out. Like they have Benford was out. They got all these guys out. Um, and they still called a great game. Um, they limited Najee Harris, which I pulled on my fantasy team because I expected this to happen. See, you know, pretty smart. Probably Dude, you, 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 you might as well be a fantasy football analyst analyst. Not only do you have a, do you have a fantasy football podcast besides a Buffalo Bills podcast? Because I would, would not be surprised whatsoever. <laughs> I don't, and I'm probably going to lose anyway, even though I made that move, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, but you still would have more points with the guy you put in, though, right? Is Ted. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I love the Leslie Frazier one, John, a lot. Um, uh, again, uh, just an unbelievable game called by him. Um, sure was a rookie quarterback, like you said, and the Bills have fared really well against rookie quarterbacks. Um, I believe before today's game, they're 3-7. and seven. Um, against them, obviously taking, or I'm sorry, seven and three against them wins losses. Um, and, uh, you know, but they could have let it happen and be like a Trevor Lawrence sort of game where he does just enough just to keep the game in, but it didn't matter. Um, we shut him down. Um, I want to give a, a wall of fame mention to all the backups, all the backups I had to play today. You mentioned the defensive ones, um, we already talked about Tyrell Dodson, most of the Bills secondary, but how about Khalil Shakir? Minus that one drop, had a really good game. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, we mentioned earlier. Uh, Quinn Morris with Dawson Knox being out. Um, you know, really hoping, I mean, speaking of, you, you know, looking forward to next week, I really hope we get a few of those guys back against the Kansas City Chiefs. I would like to get hopefully at least half of them back, but it was nice to get at least our full defensive line back Um in playing, you know, just to provide some pressure, which they definitely did today. I know it didn't count. I think the Bills only had three sacks, but, uh, you know, they were constantly in Kenny Pickett's face, uh, batting down balls as well. John, who do you have on your wall of shame in today's win? Shame. 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 Nah, I don't have anybody. Nice. Nice. What does Mike give you crap for? He's always like, "Oh, you have too many people on your wall of fame, right?" And then you have no one on your wall of shame. And you know, I think that's that's very apt. Thank you. 
I want to put it so so what I have on my wall of shame, and if you follow us on Twitter at CTW Pod, like at Circling the Wagons Pod, um, it's just my one gripe is that you know with the podcast this year, I knew I was going on this vacation where I wouldn't get a lot of self, I, I wouldn't be able to watch the game live. Um, so I so we were at this like amusement park, this theme park, and. My whole plan today was, you know, to to try to like balance both, like be a big big, you know, Bills fan and also, you know, be a family guy and a dad was to have my like headphones on and listen to the game through the NFL Plus app. And you have to do that because if you listen to WGR 550 or the Buffalo Bills mobile app, like it just cuts out. Like at one o'clock, <laughs> at one p.m. game time, it's like you cannot listen to this anymore um, due to NFL regulations or whatever they say, right? So I specifically got NFL Plus, the app, uh, to be able to do what I did today and to listen to the game while I was like, you know, playing with my kids, doing riding rides with them or whatever. Like I'd at least be able to hear Eric Wood and John Murphy in my ears, right? And just like everything the NFL does, like NFL has like really great ideas in theory, but they always miss on execution, it feels like. You know what I mean? Like uh this specifically like NFL Plus is a great idea. You can rewatch like condensed like all the condensed games. You can rewatch, you know, all the full games, um, you know, and you can watch the games live if they're within your local coverage. But like you could you were supposed to be able to listen to the game and the app just kept shutting off. I spent like fifteen, twenty minutes alone just trying to start the app at one o'clock and it just kept shutting down, shutting down, shutting down. It's like just leave it to the NFL to not put enough like horsepower be behind this like great idea to get eighty dollars a year from some for people like you know to subscribe to this thing and then just you know it just stinks <laughs> just like they just didn't like think it through well enough like that it keeps crashing it's like you know I don't know it just it just it's just funny because it is literally one of the biggest most richest you know franchises in all of sports and it just can't get this these things right you know what I mean it's just funny um if they probably took a, it probably take another year or two before they finally get this right but uh just yeah that's my gripe that's it probably affects almost none of the listeners today almost none of the listeners of this podcast have anything to do with this but right now if you have NFL plus it's great for replays but it sucks for live game stuff um at least radio wise so Anyway, that's my wall of shame. Um, but in the game itself, if <laughs> that actually matters, um, I didn't really have anything um, that just, uh, I mean, there was, you know, there was a drop by Khalil Shakir, Quinn Morris had that fumble on the shovel pass. I wasn't really happy about that. You know, the special teams had a couple of, you know, kind of uh, head-scratching moves, like you said, the Taiwan Jones, you know, uh, drop and like you know had at the two yard line didn't end up mattering just stuff like that Saran Neal not being able to get the ball down on the one yard line getting it I mean we're nitpicking though but it wasn't a perfect game again I don't think anyone would think it was but it was a damn good one and uh yeah also wall of shame me recording this in my hotel which also like all of a sudden, John, like this tonight, what is it, like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, and everyone's coming in from out of town <laughs> to check in when I'm trying to do it in like the breakfast bar, like continental breakfast area. <laughs> and like, oh, nobody will be down there. It's been shut down for 12 hours. Like I'll easily be able to just set up my laptop. And all of a sudden, like all these families are coming in with their like 10 kids and like boxes of pizza. And they're like, now's the time to eat. We're not eating in our room. We're eating downstairs. So that's, I guess I'll put that on my wall of shame. Wall of shame. So, that's actually pretty smart. 
what to not have them in your room and get it dirty and stuff like that. Yeah, this is smart of them. Yeah, they go on the wall of fame. Then smart, smart, smart move by those parents. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, uh, all right, well, let's go over to Twitter and see what our followers said. So, for those that are listening for the first time, um, or those that aren't familiar, after each. Uh, Bills game, uh, obviously last week, notwithstanding, I say, you know, the Bills, you know, win or lose, so-and-so, who or what is on your wall of fame and wall of shame in today's win or loss? And so we have some good ones. Um, obviously, with a win, it's fun to talk about on your wall of shame and wall of fame. Uh, Chris Greaves leads us off. He says, wall of fame, Shakir and Cook for their first NFL touchdowns. Wall of shame, Shaq Lawson for the low hit on Pickett right at the end. No need for that sort of thing so late in the blowout win. Yeah, there's a little scuffle at the end. It was kind of like the game was over. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I, I agree with Chris. It was may have gone a little too far, but the way that uh, players have been taking liberties against Josh Allen, part of me is like, whatever. <laughs> They're going to do it to us. Might as well do it to them. It was a clean hit. He was outside the pocket. Whatever. Yeah, right? He didn't twist his junk. He didn't He didn't grab his Josh's jacks or his flutie flakes, did he? Brian Dodge writes, Wall of Fame putting Quentin Morris in familiar positions. Wall of Shame asking Quentin Morris to do unfamiliar things. What do you think he means by that, John? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, he had a great catch uh, over the middle at one point during the game. But that shuffle pass uh, at the goal line uh, didn't work out when he fumbled it. So maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, he did look good today when, again, when the ball was thrown to him uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the shovel pass. It was an interesting, interesting way of uh, of utilizing him, and for all intents and purposes, yeah, asking him to do something unfamiliar like that. But I mean, it is still John. It's still a shovel pass, right? Like you still just have to catch a ball. It's basically like a just a forward pass, <laughs> like a very simple. Yeah, he like, caught backyard it. He caught it. Of... It's just that he afterwards he fumbled it. Yeah, tell <laughs> true, true. <laughs> so holding on to the ball was really the issue <laughs> after the catch. So okay. Mike Graham writes, Wall of Fame goes to Frazier. He is extremely underrated and deserves some recognition, even if even if it's from me. Josh Allen, Davis, and Diggs are the obvious choices. Wall of Shame, I don't know. I actually have no clue, so I'll go with your choice for this one. Um, you should always go with our choice for all of them, not just this one. <laughs> Mike Graham, so uh, I'll say that. Daniel Burr writes, Wall of Fame, hell, everyone. Hard to find a blemish. Wall of Shame, Pickett for not knowing outside pocket rules. Tomlin for not challenging Pickett's catch. It's so it's so confusing because there is another Pickett. The the wide receiver is also named Pickett, right, John? No, it's a Pickens. Pickens, yes. Pickens. Pickens, okay. So I think that's what Daniel meant. Gettysburg, nice. Taiwan's kickoff quote unquote return. It was a deliberate setup for Davis's ninety eight yard ninety eight yarder. Mind games. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> it was clearly just to set it up, right? Like, it was clearly he wanted to do that. John McDermott, man, he's playing 4D chess. <laughs> Pete Maximus, Maximusic, uh he's going to kill me for this one. Pete writes, Wall of Fame, Allen and Davis with an honorable mention to Shakir. Wall of Shame, Tony Romo's sweaty armpit. <laughs> You stand out in that sun, Pete. See if you don't have sweaty armpits on a on a dress shirt. I guarantee half the 
Half the armpits, man and woman, at the uh, at the Bills game today were sweaty. Private Joker 2003. Wall of shame, Taiwan Jones for giving the Bills a golf handicap the first play. <laughs> Wall of fame, always number 17. But how about Gabe Davis? Nowhere close to healthy, but still dominating. Also, Von Miller was an absolute terror. I like I like they brought up about Gabe Davis not even being healthy because that was mentioned uh, pre-broadcast that he was still limping throughout practice. He was looking better, but he still wasn't himself. Yeah, pretty crazy. Let's, let's do this. I have some really good. We have some really good followers that always give us. Uh, I'm gonna start on the bottom now. The automatic machines writes wall of shame McDermott for not keeping Allen in to make over 500 yards, <laughs> but really maybe Neil for dropping multiple picks. Yes, Ron Neil had some drops for sure against uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, but I thought I mean you know those notwithstanding, I thought he looked pretty good, John, in a backup role against uh, the the Steelers starters. Wall of Fame Allen for dropping dimes all game five fire emojis. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Gettysburg, the 99-yard Davis touchdown pass. It was all over after that. Nice, nice. John, is that your burner account? I feel like uh, I feel like that pretty much. Uh, and it has no profile picture too. Or is that a profile picture? Hold on, I gotta see what this profile picture. It almost looks like there's no profile picture. You know those are sus, right? I don't know. It's like a profile picture of like three dots. How would you know? All right. So maybe maybe your burner accounts are a little bit more, um, you know, more complex than i give you credit for yeah you you don't know which ones are mine <laughs> yours are going to be like whatever john says on the podcast that's that's what i that's what my wall of fame and wall of shame are <laughs> Stu McAllister writes wall of fame clearly josh allen and gabe davis i'd like to throw some love at shakir too wall of shame the coaches for not letting allen throw for 600 yards <laughs> Sweet sassy, sweet sassy molassy play the first Gabe Davis touchdown. I like it. I like you know what's funny is uh, <clears throat> I will always take a sweet sassy molassy or Gettysburg play of the game. So if you want to add those into your Wall of Fame or Wall of Shame, please do so. I know you guys are true listeners when you give those. Ian writes Wall of Fame is too Wall of Fame is too big to share everyone, but I'm just going to say Josh MVP Allen Wall of Shame poor Case Keenum for forcing us to punt. <laughs> Dan Mitchell wrote Khalil Shakir has won the slot competition hands down what I like about him saying that is that uh I agree (laughs) I said that earlier just kind of like as a hot take like uh it's hard to disagree with that one though right John I mean I like I like Isaiah McKenzie and I like Jameson Crowder but uh Khalil Shakir looked good minus that drop man he almost had a perfect day yeah for sure Shakir's the future uh love McKenzie but um, it's just great that they have their, these these depth players, and they keep drafting these guys like Cook too, right? Like Cook looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be something for the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's just great to see. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to be something, whatever that something is. It's developing, and before our eyes, we're seeing, you know, how how good it looks. I mean, was the last time we saw a twenty four yard touchdown like that um, from any Bills running back? Maybe since Lashawn McCoy, perhaps. You know. Well, none for this year because up until that <laughs> touchdown, they've all been Josh Allen, r- rushing or passing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Good point. Buffalo Ceilings writes, Wall of Fame, Gabe Davis's healed ankle. Allen just mer- 
or I'm sorry, Allen just barely missing six touchdowns, and the D for continuing to overcome injuries. Wall of shame, the red zone turnovers. Yeah, I like that one. I like that wall of shame because that was true. Uh, red zone turnover for the interception to Levi Wallace that Josh Allen threw, and then also that uh, Quinn Morris fumble that we just mentioned. Lou I writes, Steelers fans, wall of shame. They're calling the Shaq Lawson leg hit dirty. Was it intentional? No. Was it a rough hit? Yes. Shaq was literally full speed. Dove at the throw as the throw was in motion. Yeah, I'm not looking too much into that. Um, I know a couple of people have mentioned that, but it's whatever. It's not like like you said, it wasn't like he was crushing his Josh Josh's jacks. So it was whatever. Late hit. I mean, it's just like when Dolphins fans got upset about the Matt Milano hit against Tua. It's like, I'm such a gray area. Big R writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen, five fire emojis, was on pace for 700 yards passing after half. Team defense for making Kenny Pickett's life hell. Gabe for making up for last week and Shakir for a stellar game. Wall of Shame, Bills last year for losing to the Steelers. Yeah, of course the Steelers were without TJ Watt this this week, which would have been, I'm sure, a big difference. But um, yeah, for sure, that loss, last, that loss last year definitely sucked and, and set a crappy tone for that beginning of the season. But we're not in there. We're, we're on to 2022. He also writes, Big R writes, Gettysburg, Gabe's second touchdown. No, he writes a second one. Edgar Donnybrook writes, the NF, NFL on CBS is my wall of shame. Everyone else can everyone can everyone else can take a spot on the wall of fame, even though it wasn't always pretty. Yep. Richard W. Griswold writes, Gettysburg play of uh, the game, maybe play of the season, the Josh Allen to, Shakir, to Gabriel Davis uh, 98-yard touchdown. Jason Statham writes, Wall of Fame. I'm going Shakir. The dude made some great catches and looked like he belonged on the team. Wall of Shame, Shaq Lawson. There was no need to hit pick at that. Le- Jeez, there were a lot of people talking about that. Poor discipline. All in all, a very good day at the office. Bring on the Chiefs. Go Bills. John, we did not talk about that hit. Does that even bother? I mean, it's like the fifth person that's mentioned it. No, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised nobody mentioned the... Uh... One on Pickett, where he was kind of like started a slide and. Uh, oh yeah, Demar Hamlin when he hit him, right? Yeah, I thought that was fine too. Obviously, his that offensive was... lineman like <laughs> didn't <laughs> <think> that. <laughs> he was not a fan of the Demar Hamlin hit on Kenny Pickett. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh You know what's crazy? I mean, just mentioning Shaq Lawson. How amazing is it that just a few years ago, Shaq Lawson was basically a starter, and now he's like the third-string defensive end. And, like, what great depth the Bills have, you know, along the defensive line. And along, you know, as as was proven today, along a lot of positions um, in the secondary and on the defense in general. Yeah, it's great. It's great, it's great that they're also getting reps in a lot of these games as well mm-hmm. because, you, like, you know, obviously they have injuries, right? So, like... Mm-hmm. It's good to keep getting that, and almost treating it like a preseason game, right? Like AJ Epinesa getting more starter reps, yeah. You know, against the Steelers starter offensive line, you know, Boogie Bash, all those guys. Yeah. The only the only downside is they're obviously being more conservative at that point in the game, anyway. Uh, so they're not maybe getting the same play calls that they normally would, mm-hmm. but True. they're they're getting reps, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Bill Lasso writes Wall of Fame, Gabe Davis. Josh and James Cook for being our first running back with a touchdown all year, like you mentioned, John. Defense for holding 
Pittsburgh to three and giving us the game we expected. Wall of shame, whoever sat Kenny Pickett's parents in the nosebleeds. As for the Bills, no one. Great game. AJ Tharp writes, Wall of Fame, Gabe Davis, and Josh Allen. Nice to see injuries not pile up for a change. <laughs> yeah, good good call. Wall of Shame, my older brother, for having Davis on his bench in fantasy. Oh, oh, John. John, you're a big fantasy football player. Could you imagine sitting, what is that? I mean, 171 yards, two touchdowns. That's got to be like a 30, 40-point game, right? 170, 17. 14, yeah, yeah, so, 31, it's it's a minimum of 31 points. Yeah, it's, uh, so in the league that I'm in, 34.1. And uh, if you had Josh Allen on the same team, that's another 41.4. Did Do you have Josh Allen on the same team? No, it's somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> You're just mentioning stuff out loud. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, a couple more and we're going to end it. Um, Karen, hashtag Let's Go Buffalo writes, uh, Wall of Fame, MVP, JA17, GD13. GD, is there a way that we can make Gabe Davis like a gosh darn, like something? we got to work that. I don't know. We'll, we'll think of that. The defense and the rookies, she said. Wall of Shame, the offense for not breaking 50 today, LOL. Come on, let's go. It's our turn. <laughs> CBS giving up on play-by-play in the third to chit-chat. <laughs> That's funny. She writes QB1. She gives like eight fire emojis, so obviously a lot. Max. Max fire emojis. Gettysburg, she said, the first long ball to Gabe Davis for 98 yards. People loving the the first play of the game. We mentioned that one. A lot of people agreeing with us. Last one, Chrissy McComber writes, Wall of Fame, Josh Allen with 400-plus yards, Gabe Davis with huge catches, James Cook with his first touchdown, showing up big time despite so many injuries. The Jets for beating the Dolphins. Wall of Shame, nothing. This game was great. Bring on the Chiefs. I love it. Way to end it on that one. Yeah, that's pretty easy. It's a, this is a fun game. It's a, you know, Looking next week into, you know, the Bills-Chiefs game, I mean, you can't help but be optimistic. Like, this won't be the same game as the Steelers game. Um, You know, I could definitely see the Bills winning that game. But you know what's funny to me, John, is I was thinking about that this week, too, specifically with the Chiefs, is it reminds me of, do you remember when the Bills lost those Super Bowls and the following season, like, you know, the next year after Super Bowl twenty five, after the Bills lost to the Giants, like the Bills trounced them in the regular season, right? The same thing with the Cowboys. Like they trounced them in the regular season, but they could not do it when it mattered the most. So as much as like, you know, we might be talking next week about the Bills winning against the Chiefs and, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna feel great. It's gonna feel amazing if they do. But all things considered, it to me, like I just have a different point of view because I know they can do it. It's just a matter of doing it when it matters the most. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of down about next week after they win. I'm gonna be like, well, well I guess they won't be as happy. <laughs> Just tone down your happiness. No, I mean it'll still be a great win. Don't get me wrong, because last year was a was a huge win in the regular season, just proving that they could do it. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 a big accom- uh, ugh, an accomplishment. They can do it. That was kind of their the big you know hump that they had to get over. Well, they're over that hump now. And now it's a matter of, you know, performing and executing when it really matters. I thought for sure you were going to say that's what she said somehow, but maybe I didn't leave it. No, I'm still thinking about being happy or not. (laughs) (laughs) Nate basically told me I have to be upset if the Bills win (laughs) 41-3 to next week against the Chiefs. 
It's I believe it's in Arrowhead too, isn't it? Yeah, that's where they played. I think both, right? Not just the playoff game, but the regular season last year was also in yeah, City, right? It was. Yeah, the Bills haven't played. That's why. So the Bills finish the. If the season were to end right now, the Bills have the number one seed, right? Yes. And the, the Chiefs play tomorrow. I don't know like what happens with tiebreakers and stuff, but yeah. Okay, gotcha. As of right now, as of the time of, we're recording this, if the Bills get the number one seed and they get that bye and they get home field advantage, I see the Bills getting to the Super Bowl, like the way that they're playing, especially getting people back, especially getting Tredavious White back, like you mentioned, um, and a lot of other starters, uh, you know, over time. And the Bills are only getting healthier. So... Uh, they do that, and all of a sudden you're talking about you know going through Buffalo. I, I I don't see any team unless you have absolutely horrendous weather where the Bills can't pass the ball for some reason, like wet, like you know precipitation that's you know in the 40s where it's like cold and wet, like where they or hurricane like winds where the Bills have to run the ball. Yeah, they don't do good in in extreme weather apparently over the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Where it forces them to run, <laughs> to run the ball. <laughs> it's can't you see though, like Patrick Mahomes coming here, and I know Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, and I still think he'd have a good game, but it is a different atmosphere playing in Buffalo in January than it is in in even KC in January. Like there's there's no there's no stopping the Buffalo Bills. The oh, Bills yeah, need that number sure. one seed. Yeah, like I mean, look at the Patriots game last year in the playoffs. Like it was amazing and. I think that's what makes this game next week that much more important because not only would they have the tiebreaker over Baltimore, they would have it over Kansas City as well. Those are probably the two biggest threats, I would think, to uh, getting that home field advantage. Yes, absolutely. Great point. I love that you brought that up, John, because that that is huge to actually get the number one seed. So, And you can't lose that because it's not like it's a divisional game where you play them twice. Like, that is it. So, okay. So, John, there you go. The Even more of a reason to be super psyched if the Bills do win next week. I kind of toned it down. I kind of brought you down <laughs> with me saying it doesn't really matter. It only matters in the postseason. You just made it sound – it's so much more important. That head-to-head tiebreaker is – so if they lose, you should definitely be even more depressed. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. no well, at least I'll be happy again when they win. <laughs> yes, you should at least be happy if they win. <laughs> no, like I said when. I said when. When. A nice. Oh, John. I love it. So cool, John. Is there anything else that uh, that I forgot? I think we pretty much covered everything. And, uh, I mean, luckily with a game like this, there's not – a lot to criticize or dissect. It's mostly just enjoying it and basking in the win of being four and one, leading the conference, and uh, and Josh Allen playing the best football of his entire career. Yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> well, this was a fun one to recap. Um, appreciate you guys checking in with us. Sorry we couldn't do it last week, um, but uh, we're here this week. Uh, this is a tremendous win. We're, what a time to be a Bills fan. You know, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the season, not to get too sentimental or caught up in the emotion of this win, but, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I was thinking, you know, when I was on vacation and I saw that the Bills won 23 to 20, you know, I'm getting updates again because the NFL Plus app sucks. I'm getting updates on, like, the CBS Sports app of, like, you know, how the Bills are doing. John, you're always – I always read your text messages to the group. We've got to find a way to, like, include – the listenership to your text specifically because I'll always see how the pills it's like it's always like cut someone cut 
cut X player as soon as they do something bad. And then as soon as the Bills score at Super Bowls and like capital letters, I got to find a way to do that. But, um, you know, we just got to take in this season. Part of me thinks because like this could be this could really this could be a really special season um, for us as Bills fans. So like this is this is no exception. This game is no exception. Um, enjoying it, taking it all in while you can. And, you know, just uh, enjoying the moment, if you will. So with that being said, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. This episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago, um, the Delago Resort and Casino, a.k.a. the Jewel of Waterloo, um, which <laughs> which I'm sure I'm going to get an email from the folks over there at Delago Resort and Casino saying, please don't ever refer to us as the Jewel of Waterloo. Um, that's embarrassing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it is not as good as Third and Cole, though. Let's all agree on that. Third and Cole was an elite nickname. Um, we're still working on other ones for, for more of this. Gabriel Davis, listener, came up with uh, Count Dragula. still love that one. Um but yeah, so signing off for John. Go Bills. <laughs> for me, Nate, uh, go Bills. Uh, thanks to all the parents and uh, kids that made me move down to the basement of the hotel so I could record this. Thanks to the couple that just walked by in the middle and were just like, what is he talking about? And thank you guys all for listening. Go Bills, 16-1. and one. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Hey, hey. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>